Welcome to 801 Critical Conversations Beyond Backstage. Tonight in the pod bar, we have Herman, Jen, and me, John. If you remember from our previous episode's last call, we welcomed Eve Brunswick. My question is, how do you define success? How do you deal with the uncertainty in the process? And does your view of success change in the process of pursuing it? So I'm a huge fan of of the way that Eve phrased this question, because it's really easy to think about the topic of success really in the context of failure. And, And how do we quantify and how do we quantitatively look at success or failure um, in technical theater and design is something that I find really important and really kind of um, difficult to pinpoint because thinking about success and whether it's a show or a person or a process or an organization or whatever it is, isn't uh, always a clear cut delineation. And when we talk about it in the context of a show, you know, that that lighting design was really successful is a difficult thing to really put your put a point on. Or, or as a TD, again, it's a little bit easier because it's tactile things you can touch, right? The set didn't fall down. We were under budget. It was built on time. Those are all ways that you can say, wow, that that technical production process was really successful. But that doesn't take into account the fact that the the carpenters worked every weekend for the past six months. Uh, the, the set um, isn't exactly what was designed or it got loaded in two feet off center. So we had to have super overtime overnight or the painters uh, only had a week to paint the set because the carpenters were behind or whatever the thing is um, from the outside successes can be viewed as, as great, but internal to the process that might not be the most successful uh, project, but you can also look at your failures as ways to build success in the future. Uh, yeah. 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 And, and I guess that that perspective, John is from, from the individual's perspective, uh, it seems like, like whether that individual is a technician, a, de- a designer, regardless of what, of how you were credited, uh, it seems like an kind of like the the conversation that one would have with oneself, a little moment of introspection. Hey, looking back, was I successful on this show? And and those are kind of like the bullet points that you can go through. Uh, uh, an, another way, maybe a more unfortunate way to look at it, uh, especially when you leave the world of academia, uh, success is viewed a little more black and white uh, traditionally, as in, did the show sell out uh, for the full run? How much money did we make? There's, there's such a, a monetary tagline that's attached to success. Did uh, did we make our financial goal, whatever that was? I think that's true in academia as well. 
um, but to a different extent and, and different people are going to look at the production as a whole differently. Right. So everything that you just described really doesn't take into account the, the designs or, or the processes. Right. Oh, for sure. And, And whether that matters or not. And I guess as a TD, uh, the successes of myself and my teammates are, are what I'm most interested in. And, and of course the bottom line and the box office and all of that plays into it because depending on the organization and the revenue stream, that could mean, well, we're getting cool new stuff next season, or we have one less carpenter in the shop. Yeah. 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 For sure. Uh, it's certainly not necessarily the way that I would condone for us, us to view success. Uh, I, can, I can definitely hear the argument of how sometimes it's a necessity. Uh, like there's, there are certain financial goals you wanna um, hit. Um, you know, a more obvious one is if, if you're doing a fundraiser type event, you know, success is did you hit your, did your GoFundMe page hit that goal, whatever that is, you know? So that's that in that case, whatever they're viewing, you know? And, and to bring it back to Eve's question a little <laughs> bit, um, how much stuff are those people missing out on to, to be a success, right? So most successful show, most successful concert tour, most successful whatever, I guarantee there's people involved in that production that made that production happen that are missing birthdays, anniversaries, funerals, weddings, other things that are related to um, things they're foregoing to achieve both their personal success and the success of the event. Yeah, I think, I think, John, that when I was thinking about Eve's question, I was thinking more internally, like my own experience or not experience with success and, and whether is success defined by me having what I need to be successful, right? And so you're touching on missing things in, in other people's lives or your own life because you're committed to a project. And I think sometimes I'm totally fine with missing all of those things, but I'm not totally fine consistently having to miss all of those things, right? So there's some human component to it, to achieving success as well and making sure that everyone involved in, in the project has what they need to feel successful and what the mm-hmm. structures are around that to provide them, them those mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And it's one thing to, to say, well, I know that I'm going out on tour for six months or going and working on a cruise ship for a six month contract and I'm gonna miss these things as a, sort of a given of the, of the job. And it's another thing for your boss to tell you that you can't go to a family wedding or whatever. And, and, and whether that was the employee's choice or the employer's choice and what the motivation behind it and all of that sort of plays into that. But I think I, I, I also want to uh, veer back towards the real, the root of the question in how do you become a successful person? I mean, for me, it's having a podcast. So so, so I actually thought to myself, like, is Eve assuming that we consider ourselves successful, right? Like, how do you, how do you measure success? And I thought, well, 
how would I know? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, not, not totally. Right. But that's, that's my instinct. It's like, well, I'm not successful. So I've got no idea. Let's, let's do go back to the root of this and, and the heart of it all, you know, uh, let's, let's give some context uh, and remind our audience of, of, of who asked the question. Right. So Eve is a sophomore an undergrad. Uh, so she's at a point that she just made the decision uh to kind of abandon her engineering side. Uh, she was trying to, it seems like, to do this double major thing and made a decision that in order to be successful in a career that I'm truly passionate about, I, I want to go into theater, so I'm going to abandon engineering. As we know, now that you've made that decision, you're far from the end of the line of making more decisions. Right. So now she's trying to figure out, OK, within this world, what am I trying to do? She she hinted at some management, but she hasn't had that much experience. She hasn't had experience that much doing other things that she could potentially equally enjoy. Um, she's trying to get a footing in this industry to begin with uh, and make sure that two years from now, when she leaves undergrad, uh, that she's got a good head on her shoulders and, and she's certainly on the right, right path, but speaking to those that are kind of struggling with the same decision of like, as you're focusing on their career, uh, they, it, it may not be a conscious thought process, but in a way they're also trying to define what is success for them, right? What, what is, how are they going to be successful in this career? Uh, what, what path within the industry do I want to take? Um, so how do we, how, what advice how, do we give out to those, to those students, to that younger generation of just trying to figure it out? Also something that you don't necessarily figure it out upon graduating. Uh, those first couple of years out, you still may be figuring it out. I think um, for me, the, there needs to be a certain amount of joy and happiness in what you're doing. And everyone has a different reason that they got into doing live events or technical theater or whatever you want to call the profession we've sort of chosen or has chosen us, right, to an extent. And I tell people often, if there's something else you can do and be happy with, then that's probably a reasonable choice. Um and our industry sometimes is unsustainable, sometimes leads to burnout. And, and, and I'm, I think I'm most fueled by challenges. And, and when I don't have challenges and I don't have projects, uh, that, that doesn't make me happy. And, and that, that ironically, what we call, what we named our podcast, 801, you know, that moment of 801 is what, made me want to get into this industry. And so in the pandemic, it's extra hard because mm -hmm. 801 doesn't mean much these days. Um, and so for me, the happiness and joy of now teaching and inspiring people to, to fall into this uh, field and, and find that they have to be doing this work uh, is really success to me. Um, and, you know, I look at, I have friends that have cubicle jobs and, and you know, work in insurance or whatever, and, and they find joy outside 
of their job. And it's like the old adage of if, if you find a job or a profession that you love, you'll never work a day again. Um, on the one hand, I agree. On the other hand, I work all the time. Now, in, in, this, in this process, as Jen mentioned, like here we are mid-career professionals, three, three different aspects of our industry here. And we still haven't necessarily achieved success. We're still kind of searching it. You know, uh, yeah, we got a couple years on Eve, but there, if you look at it, if you zoom out, uh, there's not that many differences here when it comes to the success. Uh, just like she's still trying to figure it out and define it for herself, uh, we're kind of still doing it a little more. We, we've been able to hone in a bit, but there's still those uncertainties as we seek success you know we come across uncertainties on a show by show basis event by basis um you know how this time around how am i going to make this design work or this time around how's that trick going to work on stage um what what do you get from those uncertainties how do you overcome those uncertainties um are are those educational moments can you can you make those negatives into positives potentially? I, I like to text John when I'm having those uncertainties. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Do you have time for a phone call? Um, and often, often, you know, there's time for a phone call or there's like a response that's just sort of like, get it together, right? Like you're making, <laughs> you're, you're, you're making a mountain out of a molehill, right? So, you know, there, there's people to bounce things, things off of, but I think ultimately for me, it's like, who am I and what do I need? And, and am I able to be who I am? Right. And do I have what I need? And, and that need piece is different for everybody. Right. I don't, you know, people have goals and needs in their life that I don't have in my life. I have other things that I need. Um, and as long as those boxes are checked off, I, I don't know, I don't know what else there is in terms of, in terms of success. And maybe that's, that's part of what I'm getting at is like, am I successful? Maybe not in the scheme of the world. Right. Mm -hmm. But it, but in the scheme of who I am, I think, I feel like I'm doing all right. And, and I think that when we start telling, you know, the battleground stories from shows past the the shows and the projects that went super duper sideways and, and you know the generator died and the whatever didn't work and and i fixed it with gaff tape in front of ten thousand people you know those are the stories that we all like look back fondly on as mm -hmm. the show went on and and whether it was what like the point from A to Z might have been terrible and you may mm -hmm. never want to relive that day. Those are the things that uh, we learn the most from, you know, it's really our struggles that define us. And, and as we move forward to, to take every day as a lesson, um, that's, that's how I, I, one of the ways I can define success is by not making the same mistake more than once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think just to, to hit on that a little further, John, um, at some point, 
I was in the midst of some some very tumultuous tech process um, that was just terrible. And someone said to me, these people that you're solving these problems with, if you came in and you delivered this product and it just worked and you left, you might not have a relationship with all these people. But now you're literally going through this tumultuous period with these people and you're going to ultimately come out the other side with all of these people on your on your team in your network. Um, so I think those experiences, even though I'm not advocating that we go through trauma together, um, I do I do <laughs> think that those experiences can lead to some of the most uh, fulfilling relationships we have in the business. I think it's very important to note that none of us are trying to head uh, go head first into trauma here. Uh, it's not certainly a planned path that we're going down. Uh, we definitely want to avoid it. And and so along this journey afterwards, if we're imagining the post-production phase here now uh, of we're looking back and, and we're talking about all these things that we learn and, and even, even mentioned that you can certainly learn from your failures. Uh, and, and we're all kind of echoing that sentiment here too. Um, do, does that, do those lessons kind of make you redefine what success is? Uh, or, or does, success, does your definition of success stay true throughout the whole process? I, I think it's a moving target. And, and you know, I think back, I think back to when I, I first started doing any sort of rigging. And that was just, like just before ETCP came out as a thing, early 2000s. And I was like, ETCP certified rigger, you know, the, the goal is to certify the top third of the industry. And that became a goal for me. And, and it was something that I was really interested in doing. Wasn't qualified to take the <laughs> test at that point, not even close. Um, and, and eventually, you know, became a ETCP rigger and a recognized trainer. And, and, and it didn't change me as a person. I hit that goal, but it just may, meant that my level of aspirant success just took a step further away and, and it's almost like it's the proverbial carrot on the end of the stick right because whatever whatever you're doing um hopefully you have further goals and and i have this weird introspective sort of um mindset of thinking about myself when i when i first started building scenery in seventh grade if i could sit down with seventh grade version of me and say, Hey, this is what I do. This is where I've been. These are the kinds of projects I've worked on. I would, I would think that I was my hero. I think that's success, but, but now I'm like, well, I could do this better. I have these goals. I would rather, I don't view myself as successful in these ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So at, at the very least, if I heard you correctly, John, at the very least, your definition of success may not have completely 180, but it has evolved through your years. I don't think it's ever reversed, um, right. but but it's grown as I've grown and as I learn new things and new facets about the industry, about myself, about life, about the world. My level of success and my desire for success grows, and and and. I look forward to being able to say, I'm good. 
I'm ready <laughs> to to retire or whatever. <laughs> I have achieved success. I'm done now. <laughs> I'm there. To every topic here, there's always the other side of the coin, right? Uh, and and there's no difference with this topic of what is success and and another approach that could be taken is a little bit more of, in my own opinion, uh, what I'm going to call a a bullheaded approach, in the sense of maybe it is that you view success as butts and seats and what's that monetary number or or even your personal. Uh, your, your personal definition of success is a very rigid one. It's a very clear cut black and white one, which in turn kind of forces you through the process uh, to just stay so focused on that, that you could potentially miss a bunch of things and, and not realize what you're missing and, and miss a lot of lessons uh, that are going on here. Um, would you guys agree or, or, or disagree with this statement? I agree. I actually think, um, I think in a way, not to go back, but in a way I, I did 180 on, on my career and definition of success. You know, I, at some point in, in, I don't know, like 10 years ago, I made the decision to leave my full-time job and open a business and that business became all about that monetary amount, right? And and similar to what John was saying about his younger self totally feeling like now he's his younger self's hero, I was literally standing backstage with New Kids on the Block, Paula Abdul and the Backstreet Boys around thinking, gosh, my like nine-year-old self totally agrees with all of my life choices right now. <laughs> but the reality is like, sure, I was making good money and, you know, I was getting to do very exciting things and I don't want to downplay um, how, how much fun I had in those moments. Cause I had a lot of, a lot of fun in those moments, but ultimately I found it to be empty, right? Like it wasn't fulfilling for me. Mm-hmm. The moment might've been fun, but once the moment was gone, it was just back to how much money does the business have? Where's the next contract coming from? Money, 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 money. Right. And so I started seeking something more fulfilling. And for me, that's in education and it's um, in, uh, in an institution that's looking for, for institutional change and working towards that change. But I had been in an institution prior, right? I had left for the big time, whatever I thought <clears throat> pursuing that became pursuit of money. And what do you know? That's not actually fulfilling to me at, at all. You know, the best job I've ever had was lifeguarding in a gated community in New Jersey the summer in between high school and college. I sat by a pool for an entire summer next to a really good Chinese restaurant and hung out with my friends and it was super low impact and i look back on how tan i was and how much i got to like enjoy sitting out by the pool all summer and, and making for me at the time bank like i was just raking it in now like i don't think i could put gas in my truck in what i was making in those days but um that was the best job i've ever had and and it had nothing to do with technical theater. 
Uh, I wasn't an, a, super aspiring to be a TD at that point or anything. I don't even know if I knew technical theater was a viable career at that point. Mm-hmm. But I look back at that summer as like the best job I've ever had. And I've had some cool jobs. <laughs> what, what two equally great but kind of opposite stories here? You know, John, you just talked about a non-industry related job at all and how amazing it was and Jen's story of of working with all those celebrities uh, is is a is a common kind of story for us I'm probably guilty of it too if I can remember that far back of before we entered the industry that's our interaction with the industry the the movies the concerts and and you think to yourself I want to be there like that that becomes my success. That becomes my goal. And here's Jen telling us that she's there. She's achieved what we all would have thought of as successful and not be fulfilled. Uh, and she wasn't fulfilled. So the amazing stories. It's, it's two great perspectives to hear. And I'm sure there's many more out there. Uh, but here's kind of two polar opposites. And, and they each had their own uh, happy ending in their own way there. I think what, what we've really talked about here is those little details that kind of set us apart from the eaves of the world. Um, wh- what we do get with uh, years of experience and that the older generations have above us and that we have slightly above Eve is, it, it sounds like we all clearly still struggle with what is success. We still have those moments of uncertainties we're still forced to look back and say, what did we learn from this process? So that's, that hasn't changed. We're no different from Eve there. Um, we still have our, our breakdowns, our, our meltdowns, or our moments where we kind of question our own skill sets, who we are, why are we here? Why did I choose this path? Why didn't I just become a lifeguard for life? You know, uh, we have those moments. And so that's not different. Uh, as a student, it seems like what the experience does give us is the capability of having those moments to to take that deep breath, to take that pause, to have that confidence to say like, this isn't working out. I recognize the fact that it's not working out. I don't know why yet, but I have enough experience to know that I need to stop for a moment. Uh, I'm, I'm going down the wrong path and I need to rework things. It may mean that I have to do more physical labor. It may mean that I waste some time and we know time is valuable here. Uh, it may mean that I may waste some money, but that's kind of like, it seems like what we've garnered with our experience. You know, that might be a little detail that kind of sets us apart from Eve because you kind of get that with practice, right? So she needs once she gets a couple more years in, a couple, couple more years of practice, I'm very confident that she too is gonna uh, uh, come across that. I can only imagine, you know, the younger me, when I had a breakdown, I was like, this is it. I'm never, I'm at the start of, of my career path and I'm already breaking down. Like, I'm never gonna make it past here, right? I, I didn't make it out of step one here. Uh, that I'm never gonna do that. Um, so we've garnered that, we, we've garnered the ability of being able to learn from our lessons, 
instead of forcefully going into, okay, what's the next show? What's the next event? What's the next thing? And keep focusing forward, being able to kind of take that pause and, and look back. Failures happen. Let us be clear here. Failures don't just happen to the eaves of the world. They don't just happen to you as a student. They continue to happen even the professional level. So uh, as we kind of conclude here, you know, the similarities and the differences and what is success? Like what, what are some closing thoughts of, of what, what, uh, what to give back, what to uh, highlight for these younger generations? I think it's important to remember that success is internal. And even when you personally feel like you're not succeeding at the show, at the job, at the project, whatever it is, there's someone who would judge you being there in the first place as a success. So worry about yourself, do your job to the best of your ability with the skills and resources you have available to you and, and when you do that, you're successful. Yeah, if you, if you put that, that best attitude forward, maybe not all the times that you want it to be, but it's going to get recognized. Uh, you know, maybe not on every show that you would like it to be, but just know that people are making notes and it's, people are keeping you in mind for that next gig. Um, when you bring forth that positive attitude and, and positive thought process and uh, accept mistakes. It's okay. We're all human. You know? um, we're just going to learn from them, like we're saying. Uh, great, great. This was, uh, this was very fun to go over. Uh, so John and Jen, I thank you very much. Uh, definitely want to give a shout out back to Eve for her question. Uh, look at what you sparked here. And we can only hope that our conversation has sparked even more conversations. Uh, and we certainly would love to hear back from the audience uh, on, on their stories of success or, or failures and what lessons that they learned. Uh, that would be great to hear as well. Uh, so please feel free to reach out, give us some comments, uh, give us your thoughts and look forward to hearing you on the next one. And, uh, and as we discuss our next topic. So stay tuned for this evening's last call. All right, welcome everyone to the last call portion of 801. Uh, today we're here to meet our special guest, Luke. Uh, Luke has been kind enough to join us and uh, grace us with his presence and share some of his time uh, and kick us off on our next episode. So uh, Luke, why don't we start off with, uh, if you don't mind, just giving us a, a proper introduction of yourself. Hello, my name is Luke Tarnabuatovich. I use the pronouns he, him, his, and I am currently calling from New Haven, the ancestral home of the Quinnipiac, Pagusset, and Wappinger people. Awesome, awesome, that's great. Thank you for being here with us, Luke. It's a great area to be calling from. Uh, so tell us, Luke, where are you out? Where are you at nowadays? Where do you find yourself? Currently, I am at uh, the Yale School of Drama as a first year MFA candidate in technical design and production. I am focusing on automation and control design and am really just fascinated in what we're currently doing in automation design from Kate Towers to um, 
what's going on at like CERC and everywhere else. So really interested in that kind of work. And I've worked as a controls technician for Texas Scenic and just really enjoying getting into uh, getting into the field. Getting deeper into that automation world. Yeah. Certainly a path of the future for uh, in our industry here. So that's great. That's awesome. Congratulations for being at Yale. Certainly something to be proud of. Uh, you said your first year there. So you still got a couple of years to think about this, but have you given any thought about where to next after Yale? Uh, I'm currently trying to keep my options really open. Uh, I've uh, I've been looking at a lot of different companies, but I'm really hoping to use the next three years at Yale to, um, to really hone in where I want to be. I want to try everything that I can get my hands on and and work to um, to learn what's going on in the industry. So working anywhere in the industry. Yeah. What about the, the 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 more fun side of Luke? Really like having side projects. So I have probably way too many side projects at any one time. Um, I like programming um, new websites that'll host archived device theater or learning to sew a the flannel shirt or um, designing an automation system uh, out of stepper motors that can be run over OSC. Um, so I really, really anything in the wheelhouse is what I'm, what I'm, any kind of side project is always something I'm up for. Uh, that sounds like you struggle with keeping your hands idle, but also interesting to hear that your, your hobbies, your, your fun stuff is to just do a smaller version of what you're studying. Uh, cool. So you're all about it. 360. That's great, Luke. Um, as we started off with this intro here, um, this is our last call portion where we uh, get to meet you, get to highlight someone new, uh, in this case is yourself. But at the same time, the exciting part for us is that this is where we kind of get to kick off our next episode. Um, as a student, I always feel like I'm having trouble um, learning about all of the new technology that's coming out and making sure that I get my hands on everything that's out there. Um, and I wanna know how, how professionals in the, in the industry are able to keep up to date with the new technology and integrate it into their work cycle. Because I find um, right now I'm taking a lot of time to learn how the current technology works and I'm really interested in integrating that into my work cycle, but learning on how to keep adapting my work to include this new technology and and all of this new new infrastructure on, and learn how to put that into my work. Yeah, yeah, chasing the newest trend. Uh, my background is in lighting, and I can definitely relate to that. I come across a new light that I fall in love with, and then tomorrow it becomes an ancient light uh, that I can no longer use, uh, and I have to force to learn something else. Uh, I can only imagine in your world of automation that's even more important, especially the safety factor. Uh, yeah, 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 it's certainly a tricky thing uh, that any technician in any department struggles with. Uh, and when you add the professional factor of you're being paid to execute a job, at the same time you're trying to learn, like that becomes your side project, right? That learning thing. Uh, 
Awesome. Awesome. Great. Definitely good stuff to talk about. Uh, thank you, Luke, for joining us. Uh, it was it was certainly a privilege to have you here on our show. And uh, best of luck with your next couple of years of comm at Yale. And hope to see you on the other side in the professional world. Thanks.